immediately went back to motorcycle training like oh all right well don't don't break don't turn uh, should i speed up and that's the last thing i remember when i woke up at swedish hospital you know i really hope emts didn't take their time getting there because i was dead <laughs> i was called in dead this is tbi talking brain injury with brain injury alliance colorado sharing stories from tbi survivors and their supporters from all across the state my name's Phil Lindemann. I'm a mentor with BX since 2019 and four-time recipient of brain injuries I don't even remember, plus a whole bunch I kind of do remember. Brian Blair, my guest today, almost remembers the moment he died. Brian was riding his motorcycle in the springtime when Colorado roads are littered with a winter's worth of gravel and sand. He dumped his bike and he has never been the same. The pain and confusion and all that stuff, mostly the pain in your head, just dwarfs pain in your other broken bits. It just dwarfs it. To this day, Brian still struggles with the side effects of a major head injury. He has been back to the hospital. He has lost friends. He's the first to tell you he's not the same person, except for a wicked sense of humor. I died. I'm feeling much better now. Remember, our guests are here to share stories of recovery and what has worked for them. So please contact your doctor for medical advice and the treatment that's best for you. Hey everyone, it's Phil with the BIAC Podcast, talking brain injury, TBI. And today I've got Brian Blair. Brian, thanks man for making time to get on Zoom with me. My pleasure. And Brian, I gotta admit, uh, we, we really have never met. <laughs> we, we, we talked on the phone once or twice when I was put in touch with somebody that you know from, uh, well, down in your neck of the woods. Where is it you live? Well, not even my neck of the woods. Way south of that, um, I believe uh, Laura put us in touch with each other. I live in Littleton, Colorado, and she's down. She's down Pueblo Way. That's right. A lot of, I deal with a lot of people down the Colorado Springs Pueblo area. When I say deal with them, I, I hold a creative writing class. Yeah, that's right, and that's why she put us in touch. Was because for a while with Biak, I did the same thing. We're we're kind of like uh, writing brothers from a different mother. Cool. You're you're a writer. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I've been doing well. Uh, man, I've been doing creative writing since I was probably a kid. Um, but well. What's the first creative writing thing you ever remember doing? I can tell you mine. I'm changing my report card. <laughs> now that you mention it, maybe that was the first one I did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. Ever, ever since I was age five, when I learned that um, I was asked what I wanted to be, and I, and I told my grandmother, I want to be Elvis. And it took a little while for her to understand that I was talking about, I want to be Elvis himself. And she's like, you can't be another person. Who do you want to be? I was like, well, he's got it pretty good. And then she talked about, uh, she talked about groupies and bad dental plans and all kinds of stuff. And uh, I was like, okay, wow, I want to, I want to write. So been writing since I was like five years old. So a long, long time. And you know, that's probably about as long as I can write. I, I never wanted to be Elvis. I think it was the blue suede shoes I could never get down on because I'm, I'm deaf to any color shoes that aren't black. But yeah, second grade. Um, we were told to write, you know, one page about our Christmas vacation and it turned into a 15 page story that involved, you know, like a, a trip to hell at some point where we make friends with a demon who then helps us uh, deliver some gifts. You know, I've always had kind of a dark twisted little, you know, a little bit of something going on there that's, um, you know, more drawn to horror movies than rom-coms. Um, and even back in second grade, it was coming out with my Christmas story that went down to hell and back with some presents, but in the end, everybody got their presents. So they were fine with it. And I remember my teacher saying that um, I, I just gave you a passing grade because I didn't even read the whole thing. She admitted that to me years later <laughs> that 
I gave you a passing grade because Phil, I had 23 of these pre-vacation yeah, things to Three or four degree. glasses of wine, and I just couldn't get through it, but it was great. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If that's all it takes to pass, sure, I'll take it. So I've, I've been writing longer than teachers have ever wanted me to ever since. And uh, but creative writing these days. Well, what's it look like for you? Like, uh, you know, what's that uh, workshop look like? Um, the workshop is it's very open, as it should be. I always put an emphasis on a keep a journal, and b you know pick. I might present a couple topics in the same genre and pick one of these two that you can answer regarding your brain injury. Otherwise, if you have a pressing issue, please let us know what it is and we'll listen and a journal entry will suffice. That's fine. Just keep writing. I, I, re- I really, <laughs> really focus on journals so much. And to me, that's so bizarre because I've always been a writer and I've always kicked butt in English class. And after my brain injury, nine and a half years of speech therapy because I didn't want to lose the writing. And, oh man. Um, I'm I'm right there. The only class I've ever failed is English. Really? Yeah. Kicking ass at English, but you failed it. Because I I didn't turn in a journal. So (laughs) I'm paying for it now. I'm trying to make everyone else do one. <laughs> there you go. Turnabout. Turnabout's fair play, man. Um, well, and, and I know. Well, and journaling is definitely one of those things that a lot of programs, like you know, talking to folks that I know that have been to Craig Hospital or any other TBI, you know, recovery program, they, they say journaling is one of those most important things. Like journaling, however it looks to you, um, is good because you know it activates your brain, it gets you cranking, but it can also, I mean, even if it's just note taking. Like I know lots of TBI survivors, voracious note takers. And a lot yeah. of that's maybe just to remind yourself that, shit, I can't forget the milk again. But, you know, sometimes it goes deeper than that. It's just also, you know, maybe reactivating those parts of your brains that um, you kind of know aren't working anymore, but don't realize until you write it down. And I mean, you know, that's me. I, yeah. You should see my calendar and my phone. It is filled with stuff like, um, don't forget to get gas. Because, like, how could you forget that when you're looking at your... Uh, at your gas meter. Well, yeah, you can still forget it. Trust me. It's happened. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I think it's, I think it's different. I hate to use this term different for normies, you know, people have, that haven't had um, TBIs, yeah. strokes and such. It's different for them. And we are trained. We are, I push it. And so many people have pushed it, you know, make lists, make lists, make lists. And then I can't find a bloody list. I made the list, but I can't find it. So that's the TBI <laughs> for you. Yeah, right. Well, all right, so you got to tell me then uh, that you've hinted at it. Um, tell me about your brain injury. What happened? I banged my melon on the asphalt going 50. I was in a motorcycle accident. It was mid- I'm just past 14 years anniversary. No one sent me a card. Anyway. Um, Not even the pavement sent you a card? <laughs> I'm going to go pee that part. Um, <laughs> no, I... Uh, it was kind of twilight. I was coming home. I was actually bringing soup to a sick neighbor. And the light was sort of flat. And it had snowed recently in March. Surprise! And all the, all the, um, the sand, which CDOT deems proper, got blown into one lane because everyone was using the right lane. Well, I got in the left lane because there were cars in the right lane. And then all of a sudden, I came upon this... Well, in retrospect, it was a five-inch pile of sand, very long. 
and immediately went back to motorcycle training like oh all right well don't don't break don't turn uh, should i speed up and that's the last thing i remember that i woke up at swedish hospital how long uh, after did you wake up after it revived me from death i died i'm feeling much better now i could tell but, uh, yeah yes i kind of sort of accidentally died or something and i hope they didn't you know i really hope EMTs didn't take their time getting there because I was dead. I was called in dead. Really hope they came as quick as they could. Um, but they, they did revive me. I repaid them in the unfortunate way. There's a fight or flight response. You know, it's reptilian response in the brain. It's the front of the brain. Is that cranium, Bill? I, I can't remember. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. A reptilian response to um, serious situations. And uh so fight or flight and i owe those guys an apology and the cake stuff i can't find them but um so they cut my leather jacket apart which i got fixed and i got taken to swedish hospital and i was in i was in a coma for i, I don't know an hour or so to something like that and not not long for a coma well i was knocked the hell out i don't know so yeah like you said you were you you, you were dead brain dead, had to be revived, taken to the hospital, don't remember yeah. any of this stuff. How old were you at the time? That was 14 years ago. And uh, now here we go to the ugly part. <sighs> I'm 52. So, so late 30s, 38? Uh, feels more like 40. No, well, yeah, it's got to gotta be like 30. I'm not good with math. Maybe, maybe I'm 53. I don't know how old I am. <laughs> That's all I'm, good, man. Age, I'm not good with that. Age is, I'm okay with that. Age is just a number, exactly. You know, it's 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 like, well, the only reason I asked, you know, how old were you when all this stuff happened was because, you know, it's crazy how time can kind of expand and contract and expand and contract, you know, especially in uh, the years or months or days after an injury. Like, how long did you end up spending at the hospital? I walked out of there on broken ankle, broken elbow, broken wrist. Um, I had to find my clothes and steal them, steal them back. I had to rip the stuff out of my arms. I was, I was just like, I was not, I didn't know what the hell was happening. Uh, there was a cop involved trying to ask me questions. And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. And he probably thought I was doing this, uh, you know, no hablé inglés thing, but I, I wasn't, I didn't understand the words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. I'm like, I, I, I don't understand. And, and as soon as I was left alone, I ripped all this stuff out got my clothes and stuff on and got it left. You checked left yourself out of the hospital. <laughs> I didn't check myself out. I just walked out. I just walked out. Well, I limped out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember much about that night other than um, my wife, my wife came to um, pick me up and I'm like, where's my bike? Where's my bike? That's all I cared about. Where's my bike? And I didn't really know what happened. So she picks me up and I gave her wrong directions all the way home. Like she needs directions to our house. <laughs> you know? She didn't take them, did you? Were you taking her to the McDonald's drive-thru or something? Or I don't know where. No, I was trying to tell you, no, I was like, no, you got to turn here. No, I live over there. And I'm like, oh yeah. So she, I mean, but it was really weird. And then she got me into the house and, She's supposed to like keep an eye on me, I guess. No, no one addressed her with this. I'm pretty sure because I walked out. But I know with 
concussions and, and such, you got to keep the subject awake for a number of hours. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on the pupils, watch for dilation and such. And she got me home, and I'm just like, I just want to lay down. And she's like, I don't think you should. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do anything else. So, Did she know what had happened? Like, like, like had she talked to any yeah, doctors or the yeah. hospital? Okay, so she she had no, she knew she what happened. Briefed. She got briefed. I don't know how I got out of there. Um, but she got briefed and I, I came home and I was like, I have to use the bathroom. And this, you'll edit this part out. So said I have to use the bathroom. And I went upstairs to the master bedroom and I opened the armoire and whipped it out. And she's like, uh, I shouldn't leave him alone. She came upstairs and she's like, what are you doing? Like, I, I, hold on, I'm in the bathroom. He's like, not in there. It's the armoire. It's like, okay. He's like, go. It's on the left. Door's on the left. I was like, okay, sorry, sorry. Okay. So I went to the door on the left and I opened the closet. And I went to the closet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you needed directions for your own house at that oh point. My, yeah. In my house, I need directions. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I hope I didn't pee on our shoes, but um, then finally she was like, no. Because she realized quickly. I am going in the wrong door. And then she aimed me in the general direction of the actual bathroom. <laughs> now, I got to ask, are, are, are these memories that you have or are these things that you've been, re- you know, your wife's yeah, told you? I, by I the actually way, recall like, this. Okay, yeah. okay, got it. I recall. And there are there are sharp fragments of, of remembery, whatever you want to call it, um, from post-accident for about five months. And that's until... I implored the doctor, give me clearance to go back to work. Mm-hmm. And things went downhill from there. Oh, so getting back to real life, you know, re- regular everyday, what was supposed to be, you know, just normal life was where things took a turn. Yes. Okay. Got it. Well, you know, it's funny because I've got similar things to you too after my, you know, my injury because mine was I ran into a tree snowboarding. I wasn't doing 50, but close. Um and, uh, you know, bang my head, broken arm, broke a leg. And I've got the same thing. You know, I've got very vivid, vivid memories, snippets, almost like, you know, uh, like, like wrong reels of a film cut together. Um, you know, like somebody cut out the middle of the film and then decided to splice together the, uh, you know, random scenes that really don't make any sense by themselves. It's like some kind of, um, music video enter Sandman just flashes of this and that. A 90s music video, yeah, just flashes of images, yeah. (laughs) Images to loud banging music that sometimes gives you a headache, but sometimes sometimes it's also uh, calming. Yeah, exactly, that sort of thing. Yeah, because, I mean, to be honest. How'd you you, you jack yourself up, man? uh, So, snowboarding. Um, I was snowboarding. You have a helmet? Uh, I did have a helmet actually, you know, and, and I lucked out, but I didn't actually hit my head on the tree itself. All my head injury, you know, I, I whiplashed hard enough that, you know, I got my arm in front of my head, um, and whiplashed off that tree, you know, banging, like I said, probably 35 miles an hour going straight down a slope. Um, just never saw the tree coming. was dicking around with a camera actually at the time, not paying attention to what I was doing. And so one of those vivid memories I have is of a nurse uh, in the hospital being like, I'll bet you'll never text and drive again. And all I could think of, who was texting and driving? What are you talking about? You're really throwing me off here because last thing I remember is rolling through the train park at Beaver Creek. I, I wasn't anywhere near a car. Um, 
But yeah, basically, it's called, I was, it's called text and ride. What, what are you talking? Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, no, no texting and writing anymore. Um, but yeah, that was um, that, that's what, again one of those vivid, vivid memories I have was, was was of that nurse telling me that in the in the hospital. And it's it's one of those memories that I see. It's almost like a childhood memory. I, like I see myself sitting in the bed. I don't actually see myself looking at the nurse. I, I, I see myself, you know, laying there in the hospital. So kind of a a strange memory that uh, almost feels as though it happened to somebody else. Yeah. Um, which I'm sure that, uh, you know, again, that's, it's, it's, I think a lot of people have that same experience was, is, you know, those, those snippets of memory that go for, I don't know, weeks or months afterwards. And by the time you started getting back to work, what was it about work that just made shit um, go sour? Uh, frankly, I can't say. I thought I was still doing my job properly. And what's your job? I, I'd say, well, I, I'm not going to name company names. So I don't know the legality of this stuff. Yeah. What, what, did you do? What, what, what did you do? I was a senior proposal writing manager. Got it. Got it. And I think that they, they knew. Well, I know they found out what happened because I had to be gone for five months. And Yeah. You weren't on vacation. You weren't in Mexico on a beach. <laughs> No, oh, no PTO. If only I were in my mind, Phil. If only I were. <laughs> and that's something I'll talk to you about in a minute. I don't, how much time do we have here? Half hour? Okay. Oh, we got plenty of time. I mean, we, we, we got as much time as you got. All right. Well, I got all the time in the world to spend. I think they felt that they were at risk and they didn't feel safe with me any, anymore. I didn't give them any reason to. And. Perhaps I was not answering as quickly. Perhaps um, I was not the witty, usual me that I was prior to the accident. And they were like, for safety reasons, well, we should let him go. And I was like, um, okay, I'll take a little unemployment, but I didn't stay unemployed for long. I went to work for an engineering company and that made me want to retire from life. Oh my gosh. So I did that for a while. And I was like, I am, I'm not capable of keeping up. Like I used, I'm not as quick to draw. I'm, I don't have to come up with solutions. I'm still creative, but just not as quickly. And that's a problem. So that's how that went down. And, and in the world you were in, uh, that was an asset was to be quick, witty, punchy, beat other people to the, uh, well, to, 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 to what yeah. you were doing. Basically, you know, be the, be the full package that you were before the injury. Yeah, I'll, I'll, although it's a different job, marketing writing um, for an engineering company, a construction company, whomever, it's a very different job. Coming up with a tagline, you know, the theme for the proposal to get them $50 million of work that's kind of important and to be the first guy to utter it and bring out the best that's hugely important unfortunately i'm rewarded with an hourly pay <laughs> i mean it's salary but uh there's no benefit to winning 50 million dollars as opposed to five after uh after the engineering company following that gig i just said okay i really should chill out that's all I, i'm not me not me. And that's something we can talk about entirely differently. Did you have that realization right away that you just weren't being you? Or is that something that you've come to over time? No, nah, it, t- it, took, it took a while. 
within a year. Yeah. Under, under a year. Uh, I, I've, I was like, I, I, I'm not me. I'm not firing off the answers. I'm not jumping in with jokes and this, that, the other, keep it light, move on. And here's the point. But I, I was no longer that guy. You've never been that guy ever since. Um, I was fast. And only one friend admitted that to me. I asked my friends. And I was like, have I changed? What do you notice? And they're like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, you're about great. Let's draw from Canada, whatever. Um, <laughs> Got lots of Canadian friends, eh? Yeah. Hey, buddy. Hey, guy. My first, yeah. my first girlfriend, too. <laughs> Someone believe me. It's true. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so they're like, you're fine. And, and, and I had one friend that I worked with, and he said, no, man, um, you're different. You're not as quick on the draw. You're not quick-witted. Um, you're slow to process things. Here are the differences. And he, he listed them out for me. And although I was like, ouch, I was like, thank you. Because it's not just in my head. Someone is telling me, yes, I recognize it too. And other people are just trying to be, I don't know, so copacetic with it, just trying to like soothe me or get out of the room. I don't know. <laughs> hey, man, I, you know, I, 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 I feel where you're coming from on that too, because I think I've had friends, even family, do the same thing where, you know, you, you can ask them straight up, um, how am I compared to before? And you sense that little bit of a a pause where the wheels yeah. are turning for them and they're trying to figure out how to answer this without offending you. And, um, you know, sometimes I almost want to shake them and be like, offend me. It's not going to offend me. What I need is like, you know, I'm asking you because th- this same yeah. question has been rolling around in my head forever. And if I don't ask it, it's just going to erupt out of it. Um, and, and yeah, I've had a handful of friends say the same thing to me, a handful of, you know, like, you know, people that I consider life partners. Um, you know, those people that come yeah. and go from my life, but will always be there. Um, they were the ones that usually hit me with the, yeah, yeah, something's changed. You, you know, you know, I found right away, especially after mine, um, you know, I, I, I dealt with the anger side of, uh, of TBI just angry with myself and angry with other people and quick to, um, you know, not be the laid back, um, free flowing dude that I'd always been. Um, and yeah, I had some friends tell me like, yeah, dude, you're kind of an asshole to be around right now. Ooh, (laughs) harsh. Yeah. Harsh stuff. But you know, I was like, you know what? You're right. Like I, I, I'm flying off the handle. It's, it's in which ways were were you the a-hole you know just just being angry with people or short with people or um you know when i got frustrated with myself taking it out on those around me instead of realizing that hey you know i'm actually the one that's uh that needs to chill out here um okay yeah it was you know just just kind of small moments you know moments that pushed some people away, but those other life partner type people, you know, those were the people that said, you know, I see this. I hope you see it too. Cause I, I, I want you to be in my life. Uh, yeah. I, I don't want uh, you know, you, um, pushing me away that you are. Um, and so, you yeah. know, yeah, so, you know, over time I, I, I started making peace with that and started, you know, yeah, you know, looking in a little bit more than I ever had before. 
And so, you know, that's kind of like almost the, the, the bright lining of that for me was that it forced me to, you know, uh, sit back, chill a second, take five seconds before I, you know, decide to say something or maybe reconsider where uh, something's coming from. Like, I'm trying to think of a good example right now in one of these moments. Maybe I'll come up with one. You know, writing r- writing class style. I need to be more specific than just vague well, vagaries, yeah. right? Um, y- you know, my problem <laughs> was... I didn't have time to get angry with anyone because I couldn't develop a response fast enough. I I was still processing what they said and they're moving on. They're still yapping, not to to finish everyone in my life that talks to me, but that that was, that was difficult for me because you, you can't banter like you used to. It's not as quick and as free flowing. Go, go ahead. You, you're, pulling an example well you know i i felt that too you know like i think back to uh oh the day you know i played in some local bands with some buddies through high school right and by band practice it usually meant that we would go play music for a little bit then dick around and we would just hit each other with like movie quotes or um you know like you said that quick witty banter just back and forth back and forth and it's one of those things i loved about hanging out with those guys was that you know we could just easily riff off each other um and uh, we even ended up recording some of it, you know, thought it was, uh, thought we could turn it into music. We never did. It was, it was not very you, good. <laughs> well, you played in a band, um, how old? Were you 14? Oh man, from the ages of 15 to 18-ish, yeah. Okay. Awesome time to be a guy. Um, <laughs> have a bunch of guy friends because y'all speak like a bunch of idiots and y'all appreciate it from each other. Right. And y'all think that you're the smartest, wittiest people in the world. But, you know, at least then oh. I felt like I could keep up with it. Right. You know, like I, I had something That's to add it. to yeah. it. That's the crux. Right. Yeah. Hey, what do you play? Uh, bass. Okay. Bass and uh, keyboards, actually. We also thought that, you know, adding keyboards to us would make us sound uh, cool and unusual and different. And then we realized, oh, people have been doing that since, like, Beethoven. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now, you play music? I play drums. All right. So you got Um, all the ladies then. Yeah. Drummers get the girls, man. Drummers yeah, get the, the girls. the other guys, you know, yeah. Drummers get the girls, but um, and then I have to give it myself of that because it wasn't happening. Um, so, <laughs> I, I play I played drums professionally for many many years, and since the uh, since the TBI, uh, it took it took a little while to start again. Yeah. And I've, I had proper filter fear pr- protection, um, high protection levels, twenty five decibels, and I put those in when there when there are monitors involved. Uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm playing through headphones to something else. So I learned from the greats, <laughs> from all the greats, Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich. Uh, Depends on how you want to go. Tommy Lee, whatever. And I taught myself how to play, and I played with bands for a number of years. And after this, well, now we come into a whole different ingredient we haven't spoken of, and that's fatigue. Yeah, tell me about it. Oh, no, Ron, tell me about it. <laughs> I can't imagine till playing until 
one thirty plus in the morning and then having to pack up and drive home, especially since the breakfast thing left here and there's no sausages. There's no biscuits and gravy that I can get for soul food on the way home. But um I don't I don't have that kind of endurance anymore. I don't have I don't have the endurance for physical sports uh, for for music it's just gone i don't know if i can only crank out like two songs i'll do it but writing and drumming is pretty much my life and i may never band again i don't know who knows but but you got to do those things i mean like they they have to be done every day yeah it's it's not a chore yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, exactly. But like, yeah, it's it's the best part of my day. And I'll I'll tell you something. Actually, a story, short story. Okay. Very short. Very short. Very short. It's blurb, anecdote, something like that. Flash <laughs> but, fiction. Yeah. Uh, I've been through uh, more psychologists than um I don't know shark hunters go through underwear. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've been through a lot of psychologists. And one of them said, I really recommend that you pick up the drums again. And this this was shortly after the accident. And I was like, why? And he said, it works both parts of your brain. Works the creative side and the analytical side at the same time. And you've got four parts of your body moving at all times. And they have to work together. I was like, well, yeah. And he was like, well, yeah, that's the way think about it because that's two sides of your brain working together and you're trying you're trying to fix your brain uh so do that i said oh cool write me a script and he said i don't need to write you a script to play drums i said no no you do because sometimes i need to get out of playing you know or out of doing dishes <laughs> laundry or something. So, you know, no uh, it's a script doc said i gotta play doc said he said, I got to fight. Right? Neighbors come over. Why are you playing drums at 2 a.m.? Doctor's orders, baby. Oh, no, not 2 a.m. I'm, I'm respectful. <laughs> Actually, no. Well, again, thinking of back to uh, some old buddies and bands, we had uh, our, our one buddy's uh, dad. You know, the, the drummer, of course, because that's where you practice at, because the drum set's there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His 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 mom made a point of going to do chores when we had band practice, but his dad would always come down and beat around on the drums, and he was awful. He could not play drums. Ben, great drummer. Ben's dad, awful drummer. But he Aww. said, you guys really want to piss some people off? Play your music loud at 5 a.m. Because nobody's up at 5 a.m. playing loud music. He's like, everybody wants to crank music at midnight? No. Nah get up at 5 a.m. and play loud music. We never did because we I, weren't up at 5 a.m. But <laughs> I'm not too worried about pissing people off. You know, what I don't like is the cops showing up at my door at 5 a.m. Dr. Script might not get you out of that one. Yeah. Nah. No. <laughs> but, but anyway, Doc said, do this thing because it's going to activate your brain and your body. Yes. He said it works both parts of your brain, left side, um, the uh, create uh, keep keep forgetting. Left side's cre- no, right side's creative, and left side analytical. Yeah, yeah. And both to play drums and make it all happen at the same time and not sound like I don't know, something bad. Anyway, um, so I did, and I've I've been doing it, and except for a little bout of COVID. 
a broken ankle, no, two. <laughs> there, there, there were some timeouts, but except for that, I've played drums every day, every single day since my accident. Even when the migraines were phenomenal, I just put in filters to the max and keep it on low and just try to keep along with what I thought was going on. It doesn't matter. I just kept playing because I knew this is good for me. I got to keep, I got to keep both sides of my brain and body, you know, moving correctly, keep it intact. And I hang on the drums like a bloody flotation device. Okay. I hang on to them and no matter how crappy I feel most days, I make myself go play. So I can have broken bits, but I'll, I'll, I'll work my way through it. Hey, if Rick Allen can do it. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, man, I, I, or a guy got got beat up. That's ridiculous. But okay. Yeah, I did that just happened the other day, right? Yeah. Who the, beats the up week, a one armed man? Right outside the hotel, and then yeah, and then this punk kid, um, he did that, beat him badly too. Yeah. Oh, oh, great! One armed man, good and nice. You're you're well accomplished, sir. Um, and then you go and you beat up a woman that came out to try to help. And then you drag her inside to the hotel by her hair, beat her some more, and drag her back out. Some people's kids, man. I don't even understand them. <laughs> Looks like a nice boy. Looks like the kind of boy that used to mow my lawn. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that that was that was brutal. And for anybody that doesn't know, um, that's uh, Def Leppard's drummer. Yeah, um, he never down. Yeah. yeah, just got beat up. And he's, I mean, that's serious. A drummer to lose his arm, car accident. And fortunately, they're well-sponsored. And the company built a kit where he had to learn to use his feet to play the snare and hi-hat and stuff while he was doing drum or bass drum and just use one, one, one hand. That's, that's a major accomplishment. That is someone who has overcome. It, well, I got to ask you now. So, are you playing on a physical drum set? Or are you playing on a uh, computerized, like digital drum set? Physical. I, I've never, I never went for the no. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Wait. When it comes to playing keyboard, um, I, I, I prefer real piano any day. It's the weight of those keys. I don't care how much money you spend on a weighted keyboard. It just doesn't feel the same as a real piano. Um, but you, you also had physical injuries with your, uh, with your motorcycle wreck. Um, yeah. It, does any of that stuff still crop up? Does it, you know, uh, you know, get tweaks in the ankles or arms or whatever after a long session on the drums? I'll tell you what, Phil. Um, the uh, the fractures and or breaks, I I can't even remember. But um, like wrist, elbow, ankle, I I don't know. By the time I came out of a five month haze, it was nothing compared to the pain in the head. And I would like to talk about that. Me too. All right, so tell me about that. Like you said, the, the, the physical versus the, well, the brain. All right, let's say where we're coming from, eh? Your TBI is, is, is um, level one, mild, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a level two. I win. Cash in your chips. Okay. So the external force I encountered was at 50 miles per hour without protection to my melon. But there's, there's some things I wanted to throw out there. I'm sorry, I've already lost track. Did I start with fatigue or 
I've lost track. I'm so, I'm sorry, Phil. Oh no, no, man, you're all good. No, it was you know talking about like the difference between physical and may, maybe I'll I'll help you kick off. Um, so like same thing for me. My my physical recovery. You know, I had a broken arm and a broken leg. I was stuck in a boot for two and a half months. I got so stir crazy, um, because again, you know, I had to I had to quit my job at the time and go work at a front desk at a hotel, um, which was torture at times when you're trying to deal with guests as you are dealing with a brain injury. But anyway, I I was stuck in the boot. I'd get so stir crazy that I would go and I would crutch around my apartment complex in the middle of a snowstorm because I was like, I have to do something. I'm going to lose my freaking mind if I still sit in this recliner. And people would be like, oh my God, I can't believe you're out there crutching. What's wrong with you? And I looked goofy as all hell because I had, you know, um, broken arm on my right side of the body, broken leg on the right side of the body. And so my one crutch had a weird arm attachment to it and so I kind of looked like robot arms you know like shuffling forward with one arm just stuck out in front of me and people were like well please let me help you and I was like nah well and you know that's when that anger would come out I was like no I don't I don't need it get out here I'm gonna go even further nuts than I was a minute ago I will literally go into I I don't even know where I was gonna go to I'd be off in Jupiter (laughs) before long but so, so the, the physical side of stuff was so, um, minor compared to, you know, maybe the, the craziness that I would have felt if I had stuck where I was. And I went crazy with PT because, you know, I'm a big snowboarder. I love snowboarding. I love being outside biking, all that stuff. And so I hit the PT so incredibly hard, scared to death that I was never going to be able to do these things I loved anymore that I came back honestly feeling physically stronger than I had in my life. And I, I don't know how I was able to do that, but you know, I'm so grateful that I did because I think being physically active and strong helped me to cope with the changes in my brain that, you know, after a couple months I was starting to realize, wow, these are worse than any head injury I've had before. This is worse than getting knocked out as a teenager. This is yeah. worse than, you know, that time that I fell off the skateboard. This is worse than that time I slipped off the roof. Like all this stuff is, um, there's something seriously different with my head now. So the physical recovery, weirdly enough, um, it was right in my face and right in everybody else's face. And maybe that's what made it easier because it, it, it took uh, up my time at first. Say, say again, how was it? How did that make it easier? It was, so, so let's say it, it wasn't physically or, you know, like, you know, in the moment easier, but it was easier right. to tackle the problem of physical pain and recovery than it was <laughs> to tackle the problem of invisible changes to my brain. And, you know? and that's exactly where I thought you were going. Yeah. Which is, uh, and plus, uh, I don't know what your migraine or what's called now post-traumatic headache syndrome. Ooh, I um, never heard that term before, but yeah, I feel it every day right, when go. I wake up. <laughs> Welcome to class, sir. Um, <laughs> Teacher, <and> tell me more. <laughs> I can teach you more. But uh, it's, uh, it's like migraine on steroids. And the pain and confusion and all that stuff, mostly the pain in your head, just dwarfs pain in your other broken bits. It just dwarfs it, in my experience. I mean, I had, I, I had like, like three fractures or at least or something, and that was nothing. I was like, oh, my God, my head. So is that, was that the same for you? 
Yeah, yeah, and and that's where I was, you know, like I talking about uh, working that front desk at the hotel. That was when, who, you know, even though I was still in a cast and st- could still feel the throb in my leg, man, the lights and the constant noise and the interaction oh. and the having to look at computers and back at people and smile and oh man, um, searing, splitting, earthquake-sized headaches. Yeah, and and that's. Let's talk about some of those side effects for, for a second. Um, side effects, hell, there's got to be a better word for it. Effects. <laughs> Just effects. Let's talk the way they are, yeah. I uh, messed the hell up, but um, yes, for me, I'm visually sensitive. I'm light sensitive, and I have to bring sunglasses everywhere because I don't know when it's going to get bright. And I have to bring. Now, I had personally had ear filters made when i was playing drums before my accident all right and so they they fit exactly correctly into my ear and my ear alone and i've got the max filters on them and i also have some other ones where i can like maybe use put those in go to a, a restaurant that's not too clangy and such and hear the person talk um across from me talking to me and that's cool. I mean, I recommend ear filters, plastic molds. I highly recommend them. All right. Your local local audiologist, whoever's good, I highly recommend those. So those those are on me. Just gotta remember to put in, <laughs> but um, they're on me and the sunglasses because I'm aware going into a social setting, a social situation, uh, I can be set off just by the bloody bus boys not that they're bad people i've had that job (laughs) it's not a quiet job and you know especially with uh, some of the contemporary restaurants with you know nothing but hvac overhead no ceiling really and just gets it gets just so tiny noisy that it becomes impossible after a short time and the, the headache rears up, and then I have to get to medication, which sucks. But I can prevent it, or I can delay it at least with the ear filters and the sunglasses. Part of that, like mandatory essential kit of things that go with you when you go out. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm not carrying a fanny pack. Okay. <laughs> hey man, it's hey th- those things are back in style. They're cool. All the cool kids care. are wearing. Them. I'm not carrying a fanny pack. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> But uh, no, those are those are two things I have to have with me, and usually like half a pill if things get really bad. But if if I can keep things under control, it's just acetaminophen. Okay, okay. And then when I'm like, oh, okay, this is snowballing, and I'm not gonna be able to stop it. Acetaminophen is like I'm bear with a BB gun. I'm like, okay, I gotta take the other thing, and then I can't do anything after that. Right? Yeah, got it. Yeah. So, so the, the, these days, um, you know, before we got on the, uh, the zoom call, we were talking a little bit about, um, well, what kind of impact has this had on, you know, social life? Do you go out much anymore? Destroyed. Annihilated. Completely. Sent into the void. It's cool. I still have a good friend out there. We don't get together though, because we have different lifestyles. Yeah. He goes to clubs and stuff and I'm like, no. <laughs> Last place in the world I want to be. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't need that. 
Um, like why not just take a jackhammer to my, my temple? And I used to enjoy that stuff as well. You know, it's like, I loved any type of music. I was never too picky about music. I loved it, especially if it was loud and lots of people around, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I dug electronica and all that stuff when it came out and it was all very cool. But, um, now at the volumes they play, I'm like, I can't deal. And that's just me. And I, I hate to be the special case. We gotta watch out for Brian. We gotta look out for Brian. How's Brian feeling? I hate that. Oh, actually, the only person that asked that is my wife. <laughs> my friends went away after the X, and I think, I think, Bill, that's largely due to um, the population's general inability to process changes that are unfavorable, or just make changes to relationships in their life so it's easier to walk away from it i've got about one friend left shout out to mark lomax mark i hope you're listening what is it about mark you know you know how is it that mark's been uh, been there for you over the years oh hell yeah <laughs> he's done so many many things for me he helped set up my wedding in my backyard he helped we've gone out together and we, we had mutual friends and I don't know, we just enjoy each other's company. He's got a mountain house. Um, we've gone up there and, and played uh, frisbee golf on like a, a five two pitch. He's <laughs> uh, got a mountain house. But, um, it's what you do in the mountains. You go throw discs into the woods and say you're having fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, he's just he's just a super guy, and he's he's got his brain program correctly and i would like to say i have my brain programmed correctly but it backfires on me my, my buddy mark he 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 knows the importance his the meals he serves himself and his his kids formerly i think they're pretty much out of the house now but um they they were square meals like you know in the 50s whatever it was supposed to be <laughs> but um he had all the vegetables and every everything. He's just been, and he works out, and he's very healthy. He's very healthy conscious, and we've done a gr great number of things together. And I love the dude, um, and he's the only one who's really kind of stuck around. So he sounds like a, yeah, he <laughs> sounds like a good guy to still have around. That's for sure. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a good good fellow. Like I was saying earlier, kind of that life partner concept, you know, I've found, and I don't know if it's, you know, because of injury or sometimes I also think age, you know, there's lots of stuff out there about, you know, as we age, yeah. our friend group shrinks. Um, and so the way I've started thinking about that is, you know, the life partner type people, the people that I know, you know, the, the folks that you can fall back and step with, um, no matter how long it's been since you've seen them. And, and I don't have many of them left, you know, there's probably only three or four of them, but, um, that happened right after your your TVI. Yeah, you know, it was actually there was a um I was dating somebody for a very long time uh before the TBI and after the TBI and I don't know if the TBI led to the loss of that relationship. It could have been. Um it was also some other factors, distance and just, you know, growing apart from each other, stuff like that. But she was the one that brought up the concept of life partners to me. Um and she, she said that, you know, I, I, I hold on to those people as tightly as I can, but I know that if I do let them go or they drift away, they're going to come back because she was like, I just feel it in my gut. Um, 
And sometimes there's people that you can feel in your gut. Other times there's people you think you feel in your gut, but really they're a parasite. <laughs> I hate to say that about those people, but you know, you feel them in uh, your gut and true. then yeah. you spend the next two days, uh, um, sick and they never come back. So it's, well, those are the people who like, what can you do for me right now? And you don't need that. Yeah. Um, TVIs weed out. <laughs> We don't chef. <laughs> you know? hey, man, um, that's the truth. It's not a fun way to do it, damn it, but it happens. No. Uh, anyone that sticks around afterward and treats you decent, hang on to them. Treat them decent. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, trying to come up with an example of, um, you know, how I was being abrasive and short and mean to people, you know, there was folks in my life that, um, yeah, you know, I didn't treat them quite right. Um, just, uh, you know, people that maybe I took for granted that they were going to be in my life for a long time and then they weren't. You had an awakening. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I I can't say that your, your friends did, but they just had like uncomfortableness. Um, there's a great German word for that that I forgot, but um, uncomfortableness. Um, but you had an awakening, and and that counts. Um, and I'll tell you what, Phil, I recently gave out. A bunch of not a huge bunch, small bunch of grocery bags, right? Because <laughs> you got to pay for them in Colorado now. Yeah. Um. So the reusable grocery bags, and it's through a Pueblo Brain Injury LLC, and I only got four to give out. I'm like, oh, I could be better than that, please. Um. Because I went to the store that night and they were gone. Uh, and all I had to do was a 10 second, 15 second spiel on, hey, here you go. It's free, totally free. Let me just tell you that uh, Colorado, we're number nine in fatalities due to TBI and 15th in the nation's hospitalizations, pardon me. Okay, yeah, yeah. Of, of TBI, 5,000 individuals. Hospitalized and nearly a thousand died to do, do die, but dead in the year. And these, I'm just, I'm glancing at a thing, and these statistics are skewed because 23,500 emergency room visits each year are due to TBI. These people are not admitted necessarily, or they're admitted and they leave, like I did after my motorcycle accident. Just, just some random facts there. Well, um, like you said, puts it in perspective. It's got to be much higher because I think of the the, yeah. the number of times I've nailed my head. Um, I've only gone to the hospital twice for them, and that was because literally I wasn't going anywhere. I was out cold. Um, and even one time that I was out cold, I didn't go to the hospital because this was back in the you know, uh, back in the days when they'd wake you up with smelling salts. Um, and so, <laughs> boom, get back in the game, kid. And so there I was back at it. Like salt. How old are you, sir? Uh, I'm 34. Ah, just a pop, and they still use smelling salts. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. 
<laughs> right? Well, and that's the wild thing about TBI is that it really does feel like with maybe within the past decade, things have really changed as far as how we treat TBI in the moment. 15 years ago, people were aware of it. Well, yeah, it's just changed. It's important, and it's, it's very important, um, not, not just for self-advocacy that we can take care of ourselves with TBI, but it's important for advocacy to get it out there and say, hey, go, and grab Colorado by its square shoulders and shake it and say, wake up. You know, there's this is a hidden injury, okay? Now, there's, there's people flying around out there with cancer. God bless them. Long live them. Good, good luck. Get over it. I hope. Please. I hope you get over it. But the TBI does not go away. Unless it's mild, it could go away. Once you're in a moderate or severe, it doesn't. And the stats say like after after two years, you got what you got. Um, the most recent stats I found through mindsource.org mm-hmm. say 10 years if you were a kid when you had it. Now, I'm at 14, so... <laughs> I'm I'm as bright as I'm going to be at this point. There was there was an article out there I read, and I'm really confused about. This. Maybe you could illuminate me, but I'm really confused about this. Um, and the article said that the TBI students came in at lower IQ scores. Um, and I've huh. I've been wondering. I don't know, let's say 14 years a week. Um, how does this affect my IQ? Do you know? No, I haven't heard anything about the effects on IQ or just overall intelligence. You know, I mean, because we hear so much about the impacts on um, day-to-day life and headaches and, you know, cognition, memory, all that stuff. But I haven't, on, on, yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard much about the actual effect on, you know, does it impact, well, to put it bluntly, does it make you dumber? Um, I don't, yeah, right. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that, I'm Brian. Dumber. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's one thing. Well, I got, I got to say, man, you know, even, even though you were saying, you know, you don't feel uh, the same as you used to, it's, I mean, it's still been a blast talking to you. Here we are talking for an hour now and, and like oh, <laughs> we could go forever. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, uh, it's easy to talk to you. You still got the wittiness and you know, I think the writing, like you said, writing and drumming, those are the two things you got to do. I think the writing really does help. I mean, I know it helps me, um, stay on my game, um, as much as I can. Good. I, I owe you some prompts. Uh, how would people get involved with your writing group if they if they want to get uh, in touch with you for uh, for, okay. for that writing? Yeah, how do they do it? Um, well, that's through Pueblo Brain Injury LLC. Um, that's who I host because they have um, Maria Martinez has the endless Zoom, unlike you and I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe I need to get a Maria Martinez's Zoom. No, you need a grant. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, that's the but, truth. Um, so, uh, 
it's 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 now writing on Mondays twice a month, and as far as the schedule, I can't tell you. She lets me know, and then I got to come up with a prompt, and then I got to do the, the dang prompt that I came up came up with because that, that, that's I don't think about that ahead of time. Come up with a great prompt, and uh, I'm like. Uh, Oh, crap, I can't answer that. Oh, no, I got to do it, too. The tables have been turned, Teach. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, here, I'll give you some time to maybe think of a prompt. I think we'll leave folks with a prompt. I got one, actually. I've been listening to uh, Ray Bradbury's book, um, Zen and the wow. Art of Writing. Yeah, Ray Bradbury, one of my favorites, for sure. Love um, it. And, He's on my nightstand. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, which book? I mean, you know, Fahrenheit 451, obviously people love, but... A complete short story. All right. Which, unfortunately, um, fluffy due to... Uh, I knocked over a glass of water. Oh. Hey, better better a paper book. At least those pages dry out instead of a Kindle that just gets fried and doesn't turn back on again. What is that? Okay. <laughs> but so, so my prompt is going to be... I'm stealing it from Ray Bradbury, um, and it's similar to journal, journaling. Uh, he said one of the things that kept him going forever was word association. You know, he would uh, he would give himself some time to just write down random words that came to mind, you know, like um, maybe black cat or man at the top of the stairs or empty attic or anything like that. And he would write all those down, every last one of them. He'd write them down, and then he'd come back to them later, and he would just craft a story around it. And he was like, you know, it seems like it's hard, Right. But you're pulling those words from your memory anyway. So he's like, don't look around the room and just list what you see. No, pull those words from your memory, come back to them later, and write a story around it. And at least for him, his writer's mind took care of filling in the blanks. And obviously, he's a professional writer. So within two hours, he would have a pretty good story. It might take some people longer. He might not even have a full story. But... um, if you pull word association from your mind, come back to it later and try to craft a story around it, um, you might find that you hit on some gold eventually. I've done the same thing. You know, I, t- I took his advice and I've been doing this a little bit. Um, it kind of works. It's been fun. Mining my brain for unknown gold. Who knew? That's cool. And especially like the prompt you gave, um, just two words from him, empty attic. Wow, what could we do with that in TVI? I could just put out the prompt right about an, an empty attic. Right? There's so many angles you could take on that. I, I can't know. Uh, oof. Maybe I'll have to, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to get in on the writer's group here sometime soon. Maybe the writing, uh, maybe the empty attic prompt day. Okay. Yeah, I've got one. I have a different one coming up, which is a, a summary of March, which was, as I hope you know, uh, Brain Awareness Injury Month. Mm-hmm. And so we're just uh, summarizing, you know, what you do, uh, how to do it, what, what, what would you done different, blah, blah, blah. But um, I like Empty Attic. That's good. Thank you, Ray Bradbury. Yeah, he's, he's, he's awesome. <laughs> hey, Brian, so are you, man. It's been great talking to you. Been here. Good, good being on the podcast with you. And, uh, of course, you know, anybody that wants to get involved with the writers group, uh, reach out to uh, Pueblo. Um, one last time. What is it called again? Pueblo Brain Injury LLC. 